So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of So There. I'm Gary Doyle. And I'm Tom Karamitis. Bringing you joy as fall settles in. Cheer your hearts with a little bit of the warmth of So There as the chill air starts to set in. And all thoughts turn to the joys of autumn, including football. Football. Yes. A, t- a topic that we, uh, we were going to address last year at this time, but you and I had a big fight. We did? I forgot. We had a fight. Tom and I fight a lot. We don't share those fights with you. Yet. Because it's too painful to talk about. But uh, yeah, we do occasionally fight. So yeah, uh, tomorrow uh, is the uh, kickoff game of the 2019 football season between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Tom is a Green Bay Packer fan. I am a Chicago Bear fan. So part of our discourse over the years has been leaving each other rambling voicemail messages about uh, about games that they've just played. And, um, and uh, a, a note about Tom, by the way. He's not from Wisconsin and has never lived in Wisconsin, has no connection to Wisconsin, and yet he's a Packers fan. Not only that... To take to take it in an even weirder direction, he's a Brewers fan. That's where it gets goes off the rails and gets really strange. But anyway, Gary Doyle is not from Chicago. Never lived in Chicago until an adult. He's from Indiana, but is he an Indianapolis Colts fan? We're gonna we're gonna fight about this because uh, actually I was born in Oak Park, which no is not Chicago, but it's a suburb right outside of Chicago. And how it's old were you? Practically the when west you left? side of Chicago. How old were you when you left Oak Park? Uh, about five. And okay. but I journeyed back to Chicago often. And when I grew up in Indianapolis, there were no cults. They didn't exist. And the football game they carried was the Chicago feed of the Bears. So that would be the game that was on in Indianapolis every Sunday. You lived in a state without a pro football team, you shouldn't have been allowed to root for the NFL. I think I have much more of a connection to the Bears than you do to the Packers, my friend. All right, I'll give you that. If anyone if anyone wants to write in querying Tom about his connection to the Packers that no one understands, then have at it. But tomorrow is the kickoff of the Bears and Packers. The uh, Packers are thought by most prognosticators to be mediocre this year. The Bears are thought to be good. Um, as you sports fans and football fans know... The Packers have owned the Bears the last 20, 25 years. But perhaps perhaps the tide is turning. The Bears seem to be on an upward uh, trajectory. And the Packers, maybe not on a downward trajectory, but they're, mm, yeah, mm, they're kind of there. They've got Aaron Rodgers, who's great, but he's 35. They got a new coach for Aaron Rodgers to boss around. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. The Bears have at quarterback Mitch Trubisky. And I'd like to say now that I'm trying to spread, uh, create a new nickname that catches fire 
for Mitch Trubisky. The nickname is The Truth. Mitch The Truth Trubisky. That's my nickname. I've been trying to get it off the ground ever since they brought him in a couple years ago. When I'm taking a cab, I'll say, you know, the cabbie will bring up Trubisky and his terrible game, and I'll go, yeah, the truth didn't really have it. I'm trying to get it out there. So if our listeners want to start saying the truth when they talk about Mitch Trubisky, I think that'd be great. I will offer up an alternative nickname to Mitch Trubisky. Fancy this. Um, Mitch the Amish warrior, Trubisky, <laughs> named after that strange growth that he had on his face for most of the preseason. That weird mountain man, untrimmed, but it was really untrimmed just at the bottom part, you know, where his chin was. That was what it made it look. It had that weird Amish jut of hair. You're not one to talk about facial hair in your quarterbacks with Aaron Rodgers with his cop mustache. Yes. I he, really hope. I don't know if it's a cop mustache or a porn star mustache. I hope that he shaved it off either way because well, he really looked much better without if, it. If you were a Packer fan, you'd know he grows a bizarre mustache every preseason and he shaves it for the regular season. I think the truth is such a great nickname because it's so uh, it's so usable. Let's say he has a great game Thursday night. Packers can't handle the truth. That's the, that's the headline in the Tribune the next day. Pack can't handle the truth. Perhaps the preseason, uh, you know, prognostication of Mitch Trubisky is, will the truth set the Bears free? After the Packers upset the Bears, the truth hurts. The truth hurts. If he has a terrible game, I could picture the headline saying that, or truth and consequences. <laughs> Do you see what I'm getting at here? The truth. Yeah, it's very adaptable. I'm, I'm giving him a nickname. He doesn't really deserve one because I don't think he's very good. He's, as best I can tell, and I've seen in two years of playing for the Bears, all he can really do is run away from a lineman. He, he's fast and can run away from them, but he, he can't particularly throw the ball accurately. He doesn't make good decisions. He uh, throws into coverage. He makes throws that uh, make you scratch your head. He was awful in the playoff game they lost last year until the final quarter. People forget he was really terrible for three quarters. That's why they didn't beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Double doink didn't help, but he's really not very good, so he doesn't deserve a nickname. You see, this is what I... Th this is the side of Gary Doyle I wish I would see more when we talk sports. This is, this is the lucid, focused Gary Doyle. Instead of the, the man that I see so often who is, is incredibly distracted by irrelevant minutia, like weird tweets the players have sent out, or bizarre behavior of the fans, or, or the fact that Aaron Rodgers is estranged from his family. <laughs> A lot of people talk about that, not just me. I, I, you talk about it more than anyone. Just like you talked about Brett Favre playing the day after his father died, and you called it classless. Others called it heroic. It was a questionable call. And I ask you, would you have gone to work the day after your dad died? I don't think so. I hope not. If my dad had said to me, I want you to play, you owe it to your teammates. I want you to go to Leo Burnett and produce, <laughs> and produce a radio and spot. produce a Kellogg's 10-second tag. Don't forget that, my son. <laughs> Thank you.
But I do predict, and you uh, and you listeners will probably be getting this. After, I do think the Bears are going to have a good team, better than usual. Uh, and I think that they will beat the Packers by a touchdown. By the way, I will say as a non-Bears fan, I've been, I was proud of myself because I predicted, uh, you've been watching the Chicago Tribune, it's been listing the 100 greatest Bears of yeah. all time. Yeah, it's a good series. Yeah, and and a week ago, I remember sitting at home thinking, I said, I, I, you got to believe um, uh, Butkus and, and, and Peyton will be one and two. I just couldn't, I really would have guessed that did. Dick Butkus would have been number one, and Peyton would have been number two. But Paul was... Peyton all the way. Ditka, Ditka said Walter Peyton was the best player he'd ever seen. Yeah, but they said the same things about... Did you read the article about Dick Butkus? I think I, I skimmed it. I think generally Walter Peyton is thought to be one of the best football players ever. Not the best, Not just the best Chicago Bear, but probably a top ten, maybe top five football player. I would venture to guess that some of the some of the uh, the, the the extra emphasis to, to nudge Peyton to number one might have been his kind of the tragic ending of his life and how much he was loved in Chicago more than perhaps pure statistics. Although, yeah, admittedly, he was a great running back. I just think there was nobody as good as Dick Butkus at his position. You don't have to die a tragic early death for me to think of you as. The master producer. Do the dialogue. Gary Doyle is sick. He's very sick. I love Gary Doyle. And on and on and on. That was a famous scene from Brian's song. You young listeners need to rent that. That was a great movie. And it's the only movie that macho men are allowed to cry at. (laughs) Before we get off football, uh, the Packers have at least one player with a great name. And you know who it is? Who? ESB? Yeah. Equinemius St. Brown. Who unfortunately is on injured reserve for the whole season. Didn't the Packers used to have another player who had a great name? Well, they had one, and now the Bears have him. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. Ha-ha. <laughs> I love ha-ha. I used to, yeah, I used to taunt my Packers fan's friend when he would do something bad and go, ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> it's the blinding flash of the obvious, I know. Um, Yeah. So there. All right, I want to I, I want to bring bring this back a little bit to our initial inspiration, bizarre marketing stuff. Two campaigns I want to discuss with Mr. Doyle here. They've been troubling me. One one troubles me more than the other. I'll start with the one that is not quite as troubling. I want to ask you about the the Sonic guys. All right, a series of commercials always featuring two guys in a car eating at Sonic. What, what troubles me the most is I can't quite figure out their relationship. I get that one guy is kind of the dumb one and one is not quite as dumb. Have you seen these commercials? Oh, yeah. They've okay. been running for are these guys friends? 15, 20 years. Are they, are they married? Are they related? Lo- lovers. Are they lovers? What are they? I cannot figure out, and it bugs me that I cannot quite figure out they never reference really what is their relationship. 
And I feel like I'm getting to know them a little bit now. They've probably done 20 commercials by now. Oh, more than that. Okay. They've done a 22 ton. at least. Um, I assume they're friends. I don't know. I never thought about yeah. it. I, I don't have any uh, animus toward those commercials. I think they're fairly charming, and they just sit around and talk about things, and they have a little deal at the end. All right. They show the food me. and Maybe. zoom in and out of that blueberry sundae. <laughs> you know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe they've been invited into my house so often now that I want to... I want to get beyond the surface a little bit. I want to get to know them, and I can't from the commercials. We once pitched Sonic, the agency that I work for pitched Sonic about 10 years ago. Maybe not 10 years ago, maybe six or seven years ago, but they were running that campaign with the two guys sitting in the car talking about things, and and the account was up for review, and they're like, yeah, we want to go in a totally new direction, and uh, we didn't win the pitch. Another agency got it. And they continued making commercials with the two guys in the car for the next 10 years. I, I, I love that. That's one of the things in advertising that I just treasure. All right. Well, then I, I, I will give you that. All right. Maybe it is just me. Okay. With the Sonic guys. Maybe it doesn't trouble other people. But I'm sure this next one will trouble Gary Doyle. Because to me, it is incomprehensible. In your entire life, Gary Doyle, your entire life of ordering pizzas and going to pick them up, have you ever ever dropped one I don't think so all right why is there a need for Domino's carryout insurance have you seen these commercials no. if anything happens to your pizza on the way home they will replace it now to give you added context last year or two years ago Domino's ran a campaign uh, all about um, pothole repair it was called paving for pizza and if there was a pothole between the Domino's delivery place and your house, they would come and repair the pothole. Yes, I remember it. It won a lot of awards. It did? Oh, yeah. That one at one Cannes, it won a lot of awards. It was very, it was very acclaimed. And the funny thing is, if you actually listened to the copy beyond the point about we're going to repair roads, which makes sense because their delivery people are out on the roads and they need to be on safe roads and they get the PCD faster and it all sounds well and good. But what they actually gave was something like $1,000 <laughs> to five municipalities. That's to, to, to do what? To, 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 to repair the roads yeah. in their town. But, but it's really okay. <laughs> you well. know, it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to clean... America's air, and then we're going to set up like a an air purifier outside Daily Plaza. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I you know, I I, I I I I try to envision a scenario where where I would actually where I actually would go in and say, you know what, I dropped my pizza. Will you make me another one? <laughs> and I just um, you know, maybe this this should have been refiled under the heading that we use for. Uh, apparently, I'm not the target. Because I didn't get it. I do not get it. Hmm. But apparently, can did. Hmm. Can do. Can did, can do. They, they call that awards bait in our industry. It's not really a legitimate idea. I mean, it is. But when you say, we're going to repair America's roads, and they say, here's $5,000, <laughs> you know, then it's not really, yeah, you know. Yeah. So there.
All right, and the letters just keep rolling in. From the same six people. But. From the same six people, and, and six is the amount of people that listen to our podcast, so it stands to reason. But the letters just keep pouring in about So There. They've written to so there at yahoo.com. And uh, who knows all the other messages that have been written to that address, but we haven't gotten because it's Yahoo. That's a separate question. So maybe we get more than six. But So Russia, if you're listening... Find those missing emails. Oh, Tom Caramidas brings politics into this. That's a no-fly zone for that Tom Caramidas. Yes, I, di- I dipped a toe a and no I quickly A no-fly Trigger, trigger warning. Trigger warning. <laughs> you brought it in, not me. All right, I'm not going to take Tom Caramidas's bait and pursue that little thing you throw out there. I'm going to resist. But all right, a couple of letters. First one. A long, thoughtful message. So settle into a comfortable chair and uh, listen to a long, thoughtful message from listener Tucker, who says, uh, email header, sharing my thoughts. Hey, guys, love the podcast. Long time listener. Just some thoughts on the viewer mail episode. I am interested to see what you have to say on this, but as far as putting sex store billboards on little used roads in the middle of nowhere, I feel as though that advertising strategy is similar to having phone sex or depressing diet pill ads play at one in the morning on a channel like MLB Network. They must just think the people that use those roads, like truckers, are more susceptible to being attracted to these sorts of ads. Let me just interject here, Tucker. That is correct. That is the principle upon which media is bought in advertising is they place it where they think the eyeballs will be. So you're absolutely correct. All right, back to Tucker's letter. Also, as far as Queen songs used in ads, I've seen Don't Stop Me Now used a decent amount. It's a wonderful song, but I wonder if the agencies or companies look into what songs are truly about or the overall background of a song they're using. Brian May openly dislikes and condemns this song because he thinks it glorifies Freddie Mercury's destructive behavior and partying that led to his untimely death. At least to me, it gives the song an unintentionally dark edge to it. That's interesting. I did not know that Brian May felt that way about that song or that that was about Freddie Mercury. Did you, Tom? No. What got me thinking also, um, there is a campaign that was running the song by, and you'll remember this from the 70s, there was a song called More, 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 How Do You Like It, How Do You Like It? Andrea True Connection. Yes, and she was a porn star. She was a porn star. And yet they were using her song. You wonder if anyone had actually ever uh, researched the backstory. Oh, it's in a commercial now. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You're right. I didn't think about that when I heard the song in the commercial. Agencies are so quick to jump at, oh, here's a piece of music that people have heard that we can afford. And it's got it's got some kind of lyrical content that in a way will match our message. So let's grab it without and doing if, their due diligence. Right. And if you want to know how I really feel, get the action no, going. Get, 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 get the cameras rolling. Get, get the, the action, action going. going. Baby, Baby, you know, my, my love, love for you, you is, is real. real. I don't know the name. I don't either. <laughs> so take me where so you take want me. Take me where you want to, baby. Something, baby, something. my love you feel. Something. I'll have to put... The I'll last two to. lines 
are flawed lyrically because we can't remember them. Anyway, continuing with Tucker's letter. Uh, lastly, love the little tidbit that Gary gave up Brian May and how he played with a dime. Did not know that. Can't say that could be good for a guitar, though. Going off of this, would love to hear a segment about your favorite fun facts about musicians that you love. My favorite might be that Bob Marley's last words were, money can't buy life. Anyway, great episode. You guys are legitimately sorry, legitimately very funny. The banter makes me chuckle. If you need someone to make a promotional video, I've brought up the idea to Gary. I could do it. Let me make you big. I have to say, thank you, Tucker. I have to say I'm a little bit insulted by the sign-off for that letter because I thought we were big. So you saying let me make you big, hey, I'm a little six, bit... Six people, that's big. I think so. I, that's bigger than five. I'm a little bit chuffed by that, as the British would say. But uh, perhaps so there could use a, a video arm. Tom, what do you think? I thought chuffed was a good thing. No, well, when you're chuffed... chuffed about that, really. No, when you're chuffed, I think you're upset. You're annoyed. You sure? I'm pretty sure. So there... Well, we could go on all evening, <laughs> but we've exceeded our allotted time. We've toyed with the notion of a 24-hour telethon, and we might do that yet, but not tonight. And we almost fought on this episode. Maybe next time we'll fight for real. Something to look forward to. I apologize. I feel like I talked a lot in this episode, and Tom Carminus did not. So, Tom, prepare for Tom to dominate the next episode. Perhaps episode 25 will be a Tom Carminus solo performance. <laughs> With the London Philharmonic. We'll be quite chuffed about it, really. <laughs> and until next time, join us again for So There! there.